0: Welcome back to another segment of RIACF Levisory University where we are discussing everything you ever wanted to know about RIA legal and compliance but were afraid to ask. I am your host Jeff Smith and I am the founder and managing attorney for Levisory and the CEO of RIA Compliance Firm. Today we are looking at section 204 of the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 which deals with the books and records requirements for advisors. Also, you won't want to miss our next segment where we will discuss Section 204A and Rule 204A1, known as the Code of Ethics Rule. So with that, let's dive into the details of Section 204. Section 204A generally requires all SEC-registered investment advisors to make and keep required records for the statutorily required period of time. It then defines the meaning of the word records by cross-referencing this term with the definition of records under Section A 37 of the Exchange Act of 1934. So let's talk about that. The 34 Act defines records as the following accounts, correspondence, memorandums, tapes, discs, papers, books, and other documents or transcribed information of any type whether expressed in ordinary or machine language. So as you can see this definition is extremely broad. Now, in addition to Section 204, you will also want to understand and be able to apply SEC Rule 2042, which goes into great detail, much greater detail, regarding exactly what records must be maintained by an SEC registered investment advisor and the period of time to retain all such records. Generally, the records required for retention are those related to the business of the RIA and the retention period for these records is generally five years. The books and records listed under a rule 2042 can be broken down into a few of the following categories. Number one, accounting records. Number two, banking records. Three, all compliance records, including prior versions of code of ethics. Number four, advertising and marketing materials. Number five, and this is a big one, investment performance reporting and records and backup information for these reports. Number six, records related to political contributions made by associated persons. Seven is proxy voting records. And eight is client records. And uh, 204A also states that all records are subject to reasonable periodic special or other examinations by the SEC from time to time as the SEC deems necessary or appropriate. Section 204A continues by stating that. Investment advisors are also required to make and distribute reports as designated by the SEC. Section 204b, on the other hand, covers records, reporting, and examinations of private funds specifically. One reason for this addition to Section 204, which is relatively recent, was that it was previously asserted by advisors that the records of the private funds they advised were not the advisor's records. So how could the SEC assert jurisdiction over these records? private funds prior to the financial crisis were not regulated by the SEC. Another reason for changes to 204b were stimulated by the 2008 financial crisis which led to the Dodd-Frank Act. The now legally required record keeping, reporting and examinations of private funds were designed to promote more transparency around the activities of private funds since it was believed that private funds contributed to the financial crisis. This increased transparency Um, is supposed to promote financial stability and oversight into what was termed by the Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission as the shadow banking industry of private investment funds. So, 204B now requires private funds that are advised by the SEC Registered Investment Advisor to create and keep books and records and clarifying that all such books and records are those of the advisor. 204B continues by clarifying what books and records are to be maintained by the advisor for its private fund clients. Those include the following, in addition to other records that may be deemed necessary and appropriate by either the SEC or the Financial Stability Oversight Council. Number one is the amount of assets under management and use of leverage, including off-balance sheet leverage. Number two is counterparty credit risk exposure. Number three is trading and investment positions. Four is valuation policies and practices of the fund. And five, types of assets held. Six, side arrangements or side letters, whereby certain investors in a fund obtain more favorable rights or entitlements than other investors. And number seven is trading practices. And some of the interesting additional subsections to 204 b came as a result of the private fund community being concerned about their proprietary strategies and information getting into the hands of their competitors or others that could profit from this information. Therefore, the confidentiality of private fund information is clarified in these subsections, which are balanced out with the need for the government regulators to use and share this information for its own purposes and to promote financial stability and oversight. Since the term proprietary information is defined within subsection 10 of 204 b It is advisable for advisors providing information to the SEC for its private funds to clearly identify the following information as proprietary to ensure heightened protections around this information. Number one, the investment or trading strategies of the investment advisor. Number two, analytical or research methodologies. Number three, trading data. And number four, computer, hardware or software containing intellectual property. And five, any additional information that the commission determines to be proprietary. This last category may warrant further review of any additional SEC guidance as to what might also be considered proprietary. Generally, if there is a colorable argument that something should be proprietary, it should be identified as such in correspondence and on the documents themselves. In subsection 204C, the SEC obtained the power to require the filing of reports by RIAs through a filing depository that they designate and to force the RIA to pay uh, for any related fees. An example of this would be the IARD system um, that's used for the filing of Form ADVs. Under 204-D, the SEC extends its jurisdictional reach to persons with custody or use of securities. Well, that brings us to the end of this segment on Section 204 of the Advisors Act. Thank you again for being part of RIACF, Levisory University's program on everything you ever wanted to know about RIA legal and compliance, but were afraid to ask. I wanna thank our sponsors, RIA compliance firm, Levisory, and Virtue Capital Management. If you have any questions about this program or its content or have any legal um, or compliance questions or needs, feel free to reach out to me at jsmithatlevisory.com, or 248-376-1480. Thank you for watching, and remember to watch our next segment, which will focus on Section 204A and Rule 204A1, the Code of Ethics Rule. Goodbye for now.